What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Run Free Podcast, or welcome to the Run Free Podcast if this is your first time listening. Usually I say, I'm so stoked about today's episode, and I am stoked about the content of today's episode and what I'm going to be sharing with you guys is super, super valuable and important and going to be helpful for you on your journey, hopefully, but uh, not the most pleasant thing to talk about. We're going to be talking about injuries today, talking about injuries a little bit, you know, touching on it here and there throughout the Run Free Podcast. But uh, today we're just going to go fully deep into it, how to prevent injuries, how to deal with injuries when you do have them, and, uh, and then also how to navigate the tricky part of the emotional and mental side about getting hurt, which is perhaps like the hardest part about getting hurt is just uh, handling it internally. So you guys know this podcast is all about the internal game, refining what's going on inside of our minds, inside of our hearts, so that we can reach our maximum potential. And as you know, this is all a part of our holistic approach to training at Run Free Training. So thank you for listening, guys, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. All right, guys, so before I get into today's episode, just want to take a couple minutes. First off, I want to highlight one of our run-free athletes. Guys, we work with athletes from every age group, every ability level, um, from guys who are just getting into the sport all the way to uh, you know people who are making runs at Olympic trials, trials qualifying time. So we have quite a wide range, but super proud of one of our athletes who's actually a middle schooler. He's uh, 13 years old now, but this last season he was 12 years old. I'm talking about Malachi. Big shout out to Malachi. Just had an amazing cross-country season this year. He finished second. Uh, had the second fastest time of all kids in his state for seventh graders. So, so proud of you, Malachi. Man, big jump by you this season. And we're just so excited to see what the future holds for you and just honored to be a part of your team. So, big congrats to Malachi. And uh, what else am I talking about? Oh, I wanted to mention our summer camp. I haven't talked about this every episode, but I'm getting more and more excited about summertime. I know we just got into winter, so it's a little bit early to be talking about summertime already, but. I'm already thinking about those nice, long, warm summer days that are just perfect up here in Flagstaff for training. And uh, we got our summer camp going on. If you are a run-free athlete, if you've signed on with us, you are invited to a free camp. It is going to be starting, we're going to have athletes and coaches arriving July 19th, and then people are going to be taking off July 23rd. And we're going to be in Flagstaff, Arizona arguably the best place in america to train if you don't believe me you gotta come up here and see how many pro teams are up here training even at the moment as i'm speaking it's crazy everyone comes up here so uh we're gonna give you guys a chance to not only experience beautiful flagstaff we're hoping to get out to the grand canyon it's just like 60 to 90 minutes depending on traffic and driving conditions out to the grand canyon go do a run out there maybe hike a little bit down to the canyon or even if you want to get crazy and run in the canyon you can we've got a uh, nearby sedona as well which we're hoping to hit up and uh it's just gonna be a really good time like for me having a personal training business online the only thing i don't like about it is i love having face-to-face interaction with athletes so this is our chance to get face time with our athletes so if you're one of our athletes you're invited I want you to get out your calendar and cross off July 19th to 23rd because you're coming to Flagstaff with us. So the way it's going to work, guys, if you're not familiar with that camp, since it is free, uh, you know we're going to be sending you guys an itinerary with what we're planning every day and 
in everything we do. We love freedom at Run Free. Obviously, it's in the name. We're going to give you guys a ton of freedom. Come and go to things as you want and as you wish. But you're also going to have freedom to set up your own accommodation, set up your own travel and all that stuff. So we will be hanging out all throughout the day. But kind of travel and all that will be kind of stuff that you are in charge of taking care of. So that's how that's going to work, guys. Like I said, super, super excited about that camp. It's going to be amazing. We're trying to get all of our coaches out there as well. So if you've never met your coach in person in the flesh, you're going to get a chance to do that. So hopefully you guys can join us this summer again, arriving July 19th, taking off July 23rd, and we'll see you in Flagstaff right in our hood. So all right, guys, let's get into today's episode. So we're going to talk about all things injuries. So first off... I felt like for myself, as I think about my history with injuries and running, I, I have this, you just say the word injuries and like something like, like it just like, it's like a, what's that movie? The Lion King, right? When they say the word Mufasa, it just kind of makes you like tingle. It's like Mufasa, <laughs> you know, and like the lion's all like, or no, is the hyenas. Yeah, the hyenas, they all like getting all worried just saying the word Mufasa. I feel like it's like that a little bit in the running space. When you say the word injuries, everyone's like, oh, because we're all going through it, right? And we all know like how not fun it can be to go through injuries and how many of us, I had this happen over and over again throughout my career where you're training months and months on end leading up to this big goal race and then two weeks before the race, all of a sudden you feel a little bit of a niggle on your calf. Oh, it's not going to be anything, no big deal. And then it turns, it gets a little bit worse, a little bit worse. Pretty soon your goal race is off the table. Like we all know the heartbreak that can come with injuries. So I thought it'd be helpful right off the bat to maybe suggest a different way we can look at injuries that won't cause us to cringe. So when I was thinking about doing this podcast, I was thinking, like, well, what, when you really get right down to it, what is an injury? All an injury is, it's just pain that is signaling to our body that something is not right, right? So no matter what's going on in your body, whether you have a torn quad or a stress reaction or you got plantar fasciitis, it's just your body's way of saying, hey, Pay attention to me. Something's not right here. We need to change what is happening. We need to address this issue, right? And we all know, you know, about like disorders that are really serious where people don't feel pain and how detrimental that can be to their body when they're just ignoring that pain signal because they're not getting that pain signal, right? Like they can sometimes even cause death to themselves by not being aware that their body is in pain. So Really, when you think about injuries and pain in that way, like injuries are actually a good thing. Like I need to change the way I perceive injuries. And it's not something to just get through or something that I hate or a word that makes me cringe. It's actually my body's way of communicating to me that there's a breakdown in the system and it needs to be addressed. It needs to be fixed so that we can perform optimally for you. Like your body, it wants to do what you want it to do, but it, it hits snags sometimes, right? And there's lots of different reasons for those snags, which we're gonna get into uh, here in a second with this episode. So just wanna start off with that. Let's, let's change the way we perceive the word injuries and see it as something that's actually just our body signaling us 
that there's something that we need to address, pay attention to, and it's actually gonna make us a better runner to address this root cause of your injury. All right, now with that said, I don't think we necessarily need to welcome injuries and invite injuries and try to get hurt. That's not at all what I'm saying here. I think we actually want to stay healthy if we can for the whole duration of our career. I've never met a runner that has never been hurt before. Um, you know, running is one of those sports where I'd say injuries are pretty, they're really prevalent, right? So like I've been serious into weightlifting for five years now. I lift way harder than uh, the experts recommend in terms of how much volume I'm doing, how often I'm, I'm lifting. I'm lifting every single day, super hard, maxing out almost every single day. 60, 90 minutes, and uh, I've never had an injury in the weight room, right? And not to say I'll never will get an injury, but I'm just using this as an illustration of there's some sports that are a lot less prone to injuries than others. And I think running, unfortunately, is one of those sports where if something's breaking down, your body's going to let you know about it in the way of becoming an injury. So I think we should take preventative medicine and try to not get hurt um you know consistency over a long period of time is ultimately what's going to make us better runners i've had a lot of people ask recently you know on instagram and various channel uh, channels you know what's what's causing sarah to have such big breakthroughs recently and uh i've, I've responded the same way to every one of those questions it's 25 years of an accumulation of hard work that's just been stacked one on top of the other on top of the other on top of the other years and years and years right and we're seeing the fruits of all of that coming now but she's been breaking through for years and years and years just by stacking training on top of each other so um you know oftentimes we're looking for these sexy quick ways to get faster and it, it's nice like you can find little breakthrough things like that um, could be a little key that you find with your nutrition or with your sleep or with training that helps you kind of take it to the next level quicker but ultimately when you look at someone like sarah it's like she's just been really consistent over a long period of time and she's had her fair share of injuries but she's navigated those well. She's addressed those. She's learned from those. And she's even grown and gotten better as a result of those. And I'll talk about some of the things you can do when you are hurt to help you grow and get better as a result. So um, injuries are part of the process, but we do want to take some preventative measures. So I made a little list of preventative stuff that you should be doing in your training to make sure that you're not getting hurt. So starting off, first one, super obvious, but a lot of people can neglect this, is your shoes, right? So you want to make sure you're in the right pair of shoes. I always recommend to our athletes, like go into a specialty running store, have them watch you run, have them recommend a shoe based on the form that they're seeing that you have. Um, finding the right shoe that is good for you is critically important and once you find that shoe, I really recommend like trying to stick with it and it can be tough because they're always changing up makes and models of shoes so you know when I was running professionally if I found a, a model of a shoe that I really liked I'd get a whole bunch of pairs because I knew like they're gonna switch up this model next year and it might be a little bit different not quite as good or uh, good for me anyways and so I'm gonna stockpile a bunch of pairs of shoes and there's nothing wrong with doing that. So if you find a shoe that works for you, I just recommend sticking with that shoe and making sure that you know you have different shoes for different days. You know, a, a cushion-based shoe for your easy days, so you're not 
pounding on your body all the time. And then a faster shoe for your, your workout days, you know, running flats, racing flats, and then, you know, spikes if you're on the track. Um, but having an assortment of shoes for each type of run that you might be doing. If you're interested in learning more about that, we have a video on our run free YouTube channel where I talk all about shoes and different selections and choices and options for different runs you might be doing. All right. So paying attention to your shoes and do not try and run those into the ground. I remember when I got into the sport, it was like a badge of honor for me to basically like wear my shoes to where there was nothing left on the bottom. And uh, looking back at that, I was like, I was just asking to get hurt. <laughs> Such a bad idea. So, you know, the general recommendation is right around 400 miles. You should be changing out your shoes and just keep a rough estimate on that. But this is the one piece of equipment for runners. We don't need a lot. There is a lot of equipment out there, right? Like there's a million and one little trinkety things you can get. But the shoes you wear are directly going to affect staying healthy and so this is the one piece of equipment where i don't recommend skimping on it like get a good quality shoe make sure it's the right shoe for you get a bunch of them switch them out before you think you need to don't run those bad boys into the ground all right and the next one kind of goes with that and that is running on soft surfaces on easy days um it's something we talk about with our athletes on our athlete intake form is like every easy run should be on dirt surface if possible if not possible then you want to be in an even more cushion based shoe to try and limit the amount of pounding because as we look at injuries some injuries are caused from impact injuries right just repetitive pounding over and over again and those can sometimes be avoided by running on soft surfaces on your easy days or by having a really cushion based shoe that's going to reduce some of the impact on your legs so um, soft surfaces if possible and also just remember guys if you are running on the roads try and make it on asphalt and not on cement as cement is like 10 times harder than asphalt and uh so you want to make sure if you have a choice between sidewalk or asphalt, hop on the asphalt every time. All right. Uh, another way to prevent injuries is just by not ramping up your injuries too quickly. So the time period that actually athletes are the most liable to get hurt during is when you've taken a break. Say you ran your goal race, you took two week break or whatever, and you're starting back up. And the reason why is your body's no longer used to running, right? So we want to be really, really careful when we're starting back up with our training that we're not adding in too much stimulus at one time. And by stimulus, I mean, obviously volume, right? So you don't want to increase your mileage more than say 10% of your weekly mileage from week to week. So if you're starting off at zero, 10% <laughs> of zero is still zero. So you're just going to keep doing zeros No, but you guys, you know what I'm talking about. Like you're not going to go from zero to hundred miles a week. Like if I was doing it, I just go with like 30 minute runs every day for a week. And I go based on time on easy days. And the next week is maybe like, like still single days, like depending on the level of the athlete, obviously there's a lot of variation here, but somewhere between 30 and 45 minutes, or maybe even stretching up into 45 minutes or 50 minutes by the end of the week. And you're just gradually, gradually building. But uh, volume is not the only stimulus we're paying attention to when you're getting back in your training. We also need to pay attention to things like weights to speed work, to sprints. All these things are new stimulus to the body and we don't want to hit the body too hard too quickly or else it's liable to get hurt. So I recommend first like just build up your general running, your general mileage after you've taken a break or after you're coming back from getting hurt and then add in some lifting 
for a week. And, and when you add in the lifting, you have to be super, super careful because you will get lit up in the weight room if you haven't lit, uh, lifted for a long time. And then you, the first time back, you're gonna get super, super sore. So th those first weeks coming back into the weight room, you're essentially just like moving the bar, moving the body, you're uh, mastering the movement more than anything and priming your muscles, priming your body to start adding some weight and you're just keeping it feeling super, super easy. If you just hop right in the gym, lift super hard, you're, you're just gonna be, your legs are gonna be destroyed for like a week or 10 days or even longer and your body's not gonna, the risk of injury is gonna go way, way up. It's gonna skyrocket when you do that. So be really careful as you are getting back into things, like add in the lifting, then maybe the next week, add in some speed work, some strides. And you just gotta pretend like you're boiling a frog with your training. So the more gradual you can be with your training, the less your chance of injury is gonna be. All right, another uh, preventative technique to prevent injuries is lifting. You know, we we're just talking about lifting, but especially I think as athletes are getting older, this becomes more and more important. Just looking at pictures of myself as I aged as a pro marathoner, I could tell like my muscle was atrophying, less, I had less and less muscle on me as I look at pictures throughout my career and I was getting hurt more and more and more. So how do you hang on to muscle? You hang on to muscle by lifting, um, you know, repetitive sports, like running it's just going to strip away everything your body doesn't need to do that sport right so if we want to offset muscle loss we need to be lifting in the gym and you need to be my this is my opinion guys this is my experience i did body weight stuff for a long time and felt zero difference from that um, but moving heavy weight is where it's at that's where you're going to get stronger that's where you're going to re retain muscle you got to challenge your muscles if it's easy it's probably not doing a whole lot. Again, my opinion, and you need to be smart with it. You need to be safe with your movements. Like I said, I've never been hurt in the weight room and I'm lifting as heavy as I can possibly lift pretty much every session, but I just use common sense. Like I don't put my body in, in uh, compromising positions and I don't even have very good form to be honest. Like I wouldn't, the way I teach someone to deadlift and the way I actually deadlift are a little bit different. But again, like even though my form is questionable with the deadlift, I still, I'm not feeling any back pain. I'm never in a position where I'm like, oh, I, I could hurt myself here. No, like I'm if I'm in that position where I'm not sure if I'm hurt myself or not, I put the weight down immediately because um, that's, that's how you get hurt, right? So we want to be really careful in how we go about lifting, but I think you need to be moving a decent amount of weight for you. You know, like everyone's different here. Like if you don't need to be intimidated by moving a decent amount of weight for you. Like I'm not saying everyone should be deadlifting 300 pounds, right? But like you just need to challenge yourself. That's the principle here. And that's the principle with all training, right? It's like if you're not finding a way to add weight to the bar, if you're not increasing the level of challenge in your training, you're not going to see growth or at least not very rapid growth. So lifting super, super important. And I'll talk more about lifting um, in future episodes because it kind of deserves its own podcast. And I've done uh, previous podcasts on it before. So if you want to rifle back through previous episodes, there, there is stuff where I talk about lifting, but that's super, super important in preventing injuries. All right, and another thing is staying on top of uh, massage and self-massage. I know for myself, sometimes it's 
easy to sit there and watch the movie when you're thinking like I could be like rolling my back out on a on a baseball or on a lacrosse ball or something like that but I just feel like just sitting here and watching this movie with my family well sometimes you gotta just kick yourself in the pants a little bit and be like all right even though there's nothing wrong I want to make sure that I keep that nothing is wrong and we all kind of have our spots that might flare up on us and so just being diligent to keep those things at bay by doing self-massage or if you can swing it i love for our athletes to be able to schedule one massage per week is uh you know it's kind of you can't go wrong with massage like i used for a period when i was training for the new york city marathon i was getting massage every single day and i felt great that was like one of the best build-ups i ever had made some mistakes in training later on leading up to that but um the best build-up i probably ever had for a marathon i was getting worked on every single day and uh, didn't have any injury problems, right? So the more massage you can get, the better. And uh, what kind of massage? Guys, I like, <laughs> I'm kind of old school. Like if you're not feeling it, it's probably not doing a whole lot. So I like pretty deep tissue work. You don't gotta be like flopping around on the table like a fish that uh, just got thrown on board, but it should be painful, it should hurt, right? Um, same thing with self-massage. If you're just rolling around on a foam roller and just kind of cruising around, not feeling much anything, probably you're moving some blood around it's better than nothing but i really and again we have a whole video on the run for youtube channel check it out where i go i walk through with you guys how to do self-massage so make sure you check that out because i love doing like art active release technique um, you can do that with lacrosse balls are one of my favorite things to use also um, softballs and baseballs basically anything that's hard but there's different apparatuses that are better for different body parts for example getting into your glutes is not it's pretty hard to do with a foam roller and it's not ideal um, but you can really get in there with things like a lacrosse ball for example so check out that video self-massage great way to prevent injuries from popping up um, another thing to prevent injuries is just keeping an eye on your body weight and we've talked a lot about this on this podcast like our goal for our athletes is not to make them as light as possible. It's to find the weight that they are the strongest at, right? Because that's the weight they're going to run the best at. And that's also going to be a, a more sustainable weight for them. So um, I've seen a lot of athletes where they just get too lean and they're too lean for too long. And then they just start experiencing injury after injury after injury, which is kind of my story towards the end of my career when I was dipping down to 127 pounds at five foot 10. And then the injuries were just coming one after another. And I was running into fatigue issues, but um, body weight, keep an eye on that. If you run on the leaner end of things and you've been super lean for a long time, you might just need to go through a period of letting your body reset and putting on five to 10 pounds and being okay with that. And um, knowing that this is going to just put me in a more healthy state. And it's funny, you see this in weight in the weight room as well with bodybuilding guys tend to get hurt when they're cutting and they're getting super, super lean. Whereas when they're bulking, putting on weight, um, getting a little bit soft over the winter time, they're just getting strong as an ox and rarely getting hurt. Right? So, um, the amount of fat you have on your body will contribute to how vulnerable to injury you are. And uh, we want, I said, we want our athletes to be nice and lean before the races. Like our goal is not to have a bunch of like overweight but healthy athletes out there. We want our athletes to be lean and light and strong 
but we just realize you might not be able to stay there year round. So a little bit of fluctuation in your weight can be a very healthy thing, especially for someone who is super, super lean, right? All right, um, next thing, how to prevent injuries is that proper form. Um, you know, this is why we look at our athletes running form when they on board with us at run free is we want to see how they're moving, see what strengthening stuff they need to do, be doing based on their running form. So sometimes your body's just breaking down because you're, something is wrong mechanically, right? Like you are, and I see this all the time with athletes where they're using smaller muscle groups to try and uh, give themselves power, right? So for example, what I'm thinking about particularly here is a lot of runners, their knee drive is not very high, right? So when you watch like guy like Kipchoge, he's got this big, beautiful stride. Knees are just popping up super high, right? Even though he's running a marathon. And a lot of it is your knee drive will be dependent on how fast you're running. So obviously if you're sprinting, your knees are going to come a lot higher than if you're running slow. So someone who's running, you know, Kipchoge running seven minute pace, he's not going to have a huge knee drive, but when he's hammering in a marathon at like 440 pace or faster, his knee drive is really way higher, right? Because he's got to have a much more dynamic stride to run that speed. So there is a little bit of variation based on how fast you're running, but if your knee drive is particularly low, oftentimes if athletes become aware of that, they'll have a, they'll want to make their knee drive higher simply by lifting their leg higher, which makes sense, right? But what happens when you do that is you are using your hip flexor and your hip flexor is very small muscle, right? Right in the front of your hip. And repeatedly doing that for miles and miles on end, working that hip flexor extra, extra hard, all of a sudden you have bursitis in your hip. And I had that in my career, right? When you should to be getting that knee drive nice and high, you should be using your glutes, which is a much bigger, much more powerful muscle to be driving through the ground and using that glute to push through the ground. And as a result of putting the force into the ground, your knee can't help but come up higher on the, the other side of your stride, if that makes sense. So having the proper running form, sometimes if like you have a hip flexor issue, it's because you need to use your glute more. And uh, that's something that I actually learned a lot from Terrence Mahan when I was training in uh, Mammoth Lakes, is they oftentimes I'd have say an injury and in, say my quad muscle, and then he'd be all working on my hamstring. And I'm like, it's not my hamstring that hurts, it's my quad that hurts. Why are you not working on my quad? Because he'd sometimes like do some, some body work on us because he had some experience with that. And he was kind of pounding home to me that oftentimes you know, your quad is hurting because it's working too hard. It's being overstrained, it's being overused. And it's, it, the source could be coming from the opposing muscle group. Is, uh, is not working enough, it needs to be turned on, or maybe it's really restricted and tight and it needs to be loosened up. So proper running form, I'd really encourage you guys, even if you don't have a coach, like have your kids video you just so you can see how you're running and, uh, and, and watch videos of other uh, pro runners who have really good running form. And you don't need to mimic them, you don't need to look exactly like them. Like, everyone's running form is gonna look a little bit different and it's never our goal to make someone look like someone else. We want you moving optimally for you. Um, but you can learn principles from watching other runners and be like, okay, across the board, I'm seeing this tendency. I'm seeing that they're really relaxed in their upper body. And when I look at myself run, I can tell that I'm really tense and I'm holding a lot of tension in my upper body. So obviously like, 
that is not ideal. That's something you need to work on. But unless you take video and you see that, you're never gonna know you're doing that, right? Unless someone tells you. So I really encourage you guys, take some video of yourself running from time to time. And it is important that you do it from time to time because you will find that your form changes and uh, you're gonna wanna address that if it is changing. For example, my form kind of changed throughout my career and I wish I would have paid more attention to that and understood better why that was happening and addressed those issues and I think I would have been a better runner in the long term for it. All right, uh, next thing, how to prevent injuries. Uh, a lot of it can be nutritional, right? So what are you putting in your body to help it perform optimally? And you know, are you giving yourself enough antioxidants and healthy nutrients to not get hurt, to not get run down? Um, a lot of our issues that we run into are nutritional issues. So paying attention to, you know, are you getting enough healthy fats in your diet, for example, that's gonna change enough omega-3s. That's gonna change how arthritic your joints feel, for example, when you're running. So nutrition and having healthy nutrition on board, really key in preventing injuries. Um, another huge thing is sleep. And we've talked a lot about sleep on this podcast, so I'm not gonna go too deep into that, but obviously, a lot of times we just get run down and our body starts breaking down simply because it can't repair itself fast enough. And the more sleep we get, the more it can repair itself. So um, making sure you have that dialed in is super, super important. All right. Um, the last thing on how to prevent injuries is if uh, you need to build recovery into your training before your body starts breaking down. And this one took me a while to learn. But uh, learning to like take days off, even when I didn't feel like I need them. I think sometimes I had a tendency to be like, okay, I'm just gonna go until my body's breaking down and then I'll take a break. But it's kind of like by then it's too late. Like once your body starts breaking down, then, then you already have problems and you're having to pull workouts out and take a whole bunch of time off and you're scrambling, right? Like you're behind. Um, whereas if you build in the recovery beforehand, it's very helpful in preventing the body from breaking down. So what does that actually look like? For me, just start it off and you know, you're looking at one day a week off. Not everyone likes a day off. So, you know, if if like say for example, you take a day off, the next day you have a workout and you feel terrible, your legs feel all stale and jello-y and not good, you might need to run 30 minutes during that day and uh and call it your off day or you might just need to like go for a walk or a bike ride or get some blood flow going you know having an off day doesn't mean you can, you have to like lay in bed all day and can't move and pretend like you're sick you know um so building in that that recovery period taking one day off and then also one day off per week and then also taking uh, downtime on the back side of your goal races Again, don't make the mistake that I've made throughout my career, oftentimes where you have a really great race, you're all stoked, and you're just like, I'm just gonna kinda keep going with my training. That never worked for me. Not say it can't work, but I'd say it's not ideal for sure, and your risk of injury just goes up super high when you do that. So you gotta cycle things in your training. You gotta let go of your fitness from time to time with the understanding that by letting go, you're gonna be able to grasp hold of more the next time in that buildup. So really difficult thing to do, especially after you've just had a really great breakthrough race and you're all excited, you just wanna keep going, but take that downtime, knowing that you're gonna help prevent injuries in the future and you're gonna set yourself up for a really great buildup after that. All right, 
So that's how to prevent injuries. Uh, now we're going to talk about uh, when to know what injuries to run. Like, uh, so here's the thing with injuries, there's a lot of things you can just run through it, and that's good and bad. It can make things super confusing because sometimes you get away with running through an injury or a little bit of pain. I won't call it an injury, but something's bothering you, right? It just pops up in your run, and you can get away with running through it. And so you think the next time you have a little pain, well, you know, last time I just kind of ran through it and it was fine. And yeah, like sometimes it's okay to run through a little bit of pain. And sometimes if you do that, you're going to put yourself in a huge hole, right? And cause huge damage to your body. So how do you know? You got to be able to decipher this is a pain that I can run through or this is a pain that I need to pay attention to and rest and stop. So how do you know? So I kind of came up with these. These are my checklist of things that I do for myself that helps me determine if I can run through this kind of pain or not. So rule number one, if it's sharp pain, so you know how there's like different various experiences of pain. There's that kind of like dull pain that's just like present, annoying, but not necessarily like someone stabbing you with a knife. Well, that kind of pain, usually like I'm like, okay, I'm just going to keep running through it. I'm going to keep an eye on it, see how it does. I'm going to keep running through it. Whereas if it's a sharp pain, like you feel like someone just shot you with a gun or stabbed you with a knife or needle sensation, that's the kind of pain where it's a no-go. It's just like instant stop. Like no matter where you are, like if you're far away, stop. Hopefully you have your cell phone with you, call someone to come pick you up, or you're gonna be going on a long walk on the way home. <laughs> if you're smart anyways, because um, running through sharp pain, you're just, you're just asking for it, you're asking to increase the severity of the injury and potentially increase the amount of time off that's going to be necessary after that injury all right um the next thing is if again say it's a dull pain but you keep running through it during that run and it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse so maybe it starts off as a dull pain that's maybe like a two out of ten ten being like super super painful and then you're going in your run and it's just you know amping up it's a five it's a six it's a seven it's just getting worse and worse that's a pain where i'm like okay this is clearly going the wrong direction so i need to stop i need to not run through this i'm gonna cross train instead i'm gonna give it a day off whatever it might need which we'll talk about later in the episode all right uh, and the last thing that i use as a cue is if the pain is causing you to limp it's a no-go so this was one of the things that helped me determine to uh, drop out of the London Olympics, which was, a, looking back at it, a really good decision that I made during that time. But this is kind of what came to my mind is I noticed like I was starting to limp in my stride and I still had like 20 miles to go. And uh, I knew like, hey, I can limp through this thing, but I might cause some really big issues that might require a whole bunch of time off and some real long lasting problems. So you know, I, I love to see run, like I so love the heart of the athlete who's like willing to limp it in, you know, and just get to the finish line. And man, I, I cheer for these people, you know, even if I, in my mind, I'm like, I probably wouldn't recommend doing that. Like you're probably just causing yourself a lot of harm, but it's really inspiring, right? And uh, like I, just, I love their heart to not want to give up, right? To get to the finish line. But in my opinion, if a pain is causing you to limp, it's time to call it a day, come back to fight another battle another day. So that's kind of my 
uh, three things I use for my checklist, how to know when to run through pain and when not to. Really important that you learn to do this well and you have self-control with this. And if you don't have self-control, maybe like talk to one of your running buddies or a coach or um, someone who can help you to make the right decision of uh, whether or not you can run through this kind of pain that you're experiencing. And I would say err on the side of a conservative when it comes to this, you know, like if you're not sure if you should run through something, then you should probably not run through it. It's probably, you know, worse than you think. So just kind of a rule of thumb there for you guys. I hope that's helpful. Um, All right, let's talk about how to deal with injuries when you do have them. So when the injuries come and they're going to come, guys, that's part of running. Like you're going to go through them. Um, How do you actually deal with it? So there's obviously a wide wide variety of injuries here and how you handle each injury can be different from injury to injury right so i'm not gonna be able to give you an exhaustive list of this is what you do for this injury and this is what you do this podcast would be like 12 hours long and i might die of talking too much (laughs) but uh i am gonna try and help you out and give you some principles though of how to deal with injuries so usually you get hurt and there's this kind of like acute pain phase right it's like like whatever you hurt is just mad. It's just mad at you and it's letting you know. Like it's just really painful all the time. You're aware of it all the time. And uh, it's just really, it's really mad, really angry, right? Um, So during that time is when you need to just rest it, right? And so I'm kind of getting ahead of myself a little bit, but I wanted to talk about should you stretch it? Should you massage the area? And when it's in this acute phase, it's not the time to bang on stuff. So I was thinking about myself, and I was getting it five time, and then run through like a couple injuries that I've had and how I handled them, and the good and the bad. I didn't handle all my injuries perfectly, but just to give you guys examples of how to run through stuff. Um, but when I had plantar fasciitis before the 2012 Olympic trials, I remember it was in this acute phase where I just heard it, and it was bothering me all the time and i was just like taking out all my frustration and irritation by like getting a golf ball and rolling my foot super hard on it massaging it with my own hands you know and just like pounding it to death right and i just pissed it off so it was it it did not help at all and so i think that's a very common tendency to have is something's bothering me and now i'm gonna lay into it right i'm gonna massage the heck out of this thing and just crush it into the ground and then it's gonna be gone but usually that's not the case usually you just really frustrated then and then it gets really angry at you and then it stays really angry for even longer so even if the temptation might arise to, hey, I have this area that's hurting me, now I'm gonna go ham on it. Let's avoid that. Let's let it just calm itself down. So what kind of things can you do in this kind of acute phase? So you can get the rest of your body really clean, right? So even though you're not working on the exact area. So say for example, um, I had a torn quad during my career. And uh, so rather than self-massaging my quad to death, or you know having someone else massage it to death or getting in there with a scraper and trying to pound it to death or um uh, what are those other tools the really deep tissue i'm blanking on it right now graston graston tools and really just going crazy on there and getting it all bruised up instead of doing that it'd be much better off in the acute phase 
to ice it, try and get it to calm down, get some of the inflammation out of there with ice, with ice baths, and then also get get the area around it as loose as I possibly can um, with self-massage, with some light stretching as long as I don't even like to stretch the area that I've hurt. So if I've hurt my quad, if I can't just isolate an area like above or below it to stretch that area out, then I'll just leave it all together, not even stretch it at all. So when I had my hurt quad, I didn't stretch it at all initially. And then I was focused on stretching out my hamstrings. Cause like I said, oftentimes we're hurt in one area and it's really signaling us that, Hey, this area is working too hard and I need to address what is going on in the opposing muscle. So very helpful to think about, okay, so why am I hurt? Let me go into the pain. What is my body telling me? What's at the root of this? Because that's really what we need to get at. And oftentimes there's this temptation to just make the pain go away. Just take painkillers and just let the pain go away. You know, just get through the pain and just get rid of it, right? When really, again, this is our body signaling us that, hey, there's something going on in your system that's off here. And if we just take painkillers and we just try and just get through the pain without addressing the root cause, then this problem is just going to come back later on. So, like, I really encourage you guys, if you're going through injury, really spend some time chewing on this. Like, why, why am I hurt here? And sometimes it's just like an overuse thing, right? Like you just hit the pavement too many times, one too many times with your leg. And uh, that, that can be the cause of it, right? And so there's not, there's not a lot you can do in that situation. But if the cause of your injury is a strength issue or an opposing muscles tight issue or a running form issue, those are things you can do something about, right? And that's, that's the gold in your injury that you want to fish out. If you can fish out that gold, then you're not going to get hurt the next time and you're going to be better off for having gotten hurt because you're going to know how to avoid it in the future and you have gotten your body back in a good spot. All right. Um, so after you get through this acute phase where it's just mad, and again, the acute phase, guys, you know, I'm leery to just like, I'm just going to tell you what's helpful for me. I is not the time to just, again, take painkillers and just try to, like the pain is, is helpful. It's telling you something, right? And you need to know oftentimes, like say if I'm, after I get through the acute phase, we'll be doing massage or work in the area and say I'm working on my daughter and I'm trying to get her through an issue she's having. I'll try things out when I'm doing massage on her and they'll have her get off the table, walk around or run around or do something that usually makes it hurt and see if I've made the pain go up or down. So this way, like the pain is actually really useful information. So sometimes you can't know if what you're doing is helping your injury without the feedback of pain. So not necessarily the time to just down some painkillers. I think there is a time for painkillers, but usually that's when it's like last ditch effort. Like for example, when I was running my last marathon in Sydney, when I did the world marathon challenge, the seven marathon, seven days, seven continents. And I had to run a marathon in Sydney. I'd already run six in a row, had a stress reaction and I just had to get through it. And so I was taking some painkillers for that. Right. So there is a time and place for painkillers, but um, I think for the most part, we need to be listening to our pain and we need to be aware of our pain and just 
taking that sensation away is uh, just asking for problems further on down the line. And it's, it's taking away a really critical piece of information to know if what you're doing is working or not. So really like once you get through that acute phase, which the, how long does the acute phase last really depends on the injury, what you have going on. Things like stress reactions, stress fractures, you know, that, that phase where you just need to let it sit and let it be can be six to eight weeks, right? Or sometimes like with stress reactions, you can get on a, uh, blanking on the name of those treadmills, the, uh, hate this when it happens especially this deep in the episode because i'm not starting this episode <laughs> um you guys know what i'm talking about the anti-gravity treadmills the uh it's gonna come to me tonight when i'm laying in bed it's gonna kill me alter g yes good i'm glad i got that out of the way you know alter g treadmills where they fill up with air over your uh, lower half of your body so you can take body weight off or you can do underwater treadmills you can run in pools that's going to deload your weight so things with stress reactions sometimes you can start getting back into running if you can find a way to reduce your body weight um and again if you have like a torn quad like i had i had to let that sit for like a good six to eight weeks um, so it really depends um, on the injury and knowing how long this acute phase is going to last for. And that'd be something to like talk about with you know, your physio guy or your doctor, whoever you're seeing for this, being like, okay, so what's the acute phase of this? And then when can I start doing strength training on it? When can I start doing massage on it? When can I start like getting proactive because there is that period where you guys gotta be like whoa whoa let it calm down i'm gonna try and get the rest of my body really loose but this area i'm just gonna stay off it for a bit and then there's the phase where you're like okay i had a chance to calm down it's calmed down a little bit but it's still there it's still present and now i need to do something about the root cause behind that and usually that means it's time to get into some strength training and strength training guys it's really the most helpful way to get through injuries in my opinion um, i've had a lot of different injuries some of them a lot more tricky than others like plantar fasciitis is a really tricky one but i would even say like strengthening helps with plantar fasciitis is it gonna is strengthening gonna make your injury go away instantly absolutely not you need to like have this expectation of like strength training is the ultimate way through this it's not gonna change my pain overnight it's not gonna make this injury go away overnight but it's ultimately how I'm going to get through this injury and and it's answering this going back to the signaling it's answering this signal that my body's telling me hey there's something's wrong in your system you have a weakness that we need to address and by strengthening it is how we're going to not have this problem again in the future right which is what we're looking for the most in your injury is how do we not have this problem going forward and also obviously how do we fix it now but you got to have a long-term perspective when it comes to using strength training to get through your injuries if you expect to get in the gym for a week and all of a sudden this pain's gone you're not going to stick with it because the chances of your injury evaporating in one week is pretty slim and none so Again, just having healthy expectations. The strength train will work. It is the most, probably the most important part in getting through this injury, depending on your injury, but it's not going to happen overnight. So I need to be really, really patient. Um, all right. So let's talk about in dealing with injuries. 
I think it is helpful to go see a professional for most injuries if you can. So like we have our guy John Ball down in Maximum Mobility who's been largely responsible for us staying healthy, Sarah and I staying healthy all throughout our careers. And um, he's kind of the guy when it comes to um, rehab stuff. So if you're listening to this, like he takes clients. He's in Chandler, Arizona. He's a little bit, he can be tough to get into. He's a busy man, but he's a, you know, someone can put you back together. It's him, but having someone in your corner, like a John Ball to um, be able to go to when little things pop up is super, super helpful. And I realize like that's not always in the cards financially for people. And there's a lot that you can do with, like I talked about self massage and a lot of stuff I'm talking about right now with strength training, for example, because that's ultimately, that's what John has a lot of people do that when they're hurt is like, they see him, he's working on the root cause of issues and then he's usually giving them strength training to do on top of that because he knows as well that like strength training is the way that they're gonna be able to not keep coming back in to see me to put them back together so there's a time and place for manual work i'm not saying manual work is bad on certain areas um but all i'm getting at is like let's get to the root cause of your injury here all right and then uh also too going to see someone can help you kind of you need to have a plan in place for your kind of return to play plan. And I've kind of already talked about this a little bit, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but just going back to building really, really slowly, right? So you just got hurt. Now here's the thing. Like when I tore my quad, I talked to a doctor and he's like, and I was working with John and we got images on it and stuff. We saw what was going on, the grade, it got read by a professional. It's a grade three or whatever tear and it's gonna take six to eight weeks to heal. And then the thing is, and this happens a lot with stress reactions as well, you get to that end period and then it's still bothering you. It still doesn't feel right. So again, going back to healthy expectations, when we're coming back from injury, don't expect to the first run out, like just be peachy and never feel it again. It's going to be perfect. That can be the case. I'm not saying it, it won't be the case or can't be the case, but oftentimes it's not the case. So like, even though my quad had healed, it was through that acute phase, it still wasn't getting better. And it wasn't until I started doing the strength training that it finally got better. And so I had to kind of start using it. Now, it's really important talking about return to play, going back to form. If you're still not right running on your injury. So like even for me, when I first started back with my quad tear, looking at videos, I remember our church, uh, they shot a promo video of me running. I was just coming back from this quad injury. And uh, I remember I saw a video of me running. They showed it in church like the next Sunday. I was like, I look terrible. <laughs> I was watching it on like a big screen. And I'm sure to everyone else, it probably didn't look that bad. Hopefully, I don't know. Like to me, it was really obvious. That's favoring it like super bad. So um, really important that you pay attention to your form because I didn't necessarily feel like I was favoring it that bad. But when I saw that video in church, I was like, ooh, I should not be running. Like that looks ugly. And so how did I get better? It's crazy. So I went to Idaho with a friend and we just went hunting and we were just uh, elk hunting out in the woods. I didn't even see an elk. I saw some, some, what do they call the girl elks? Not bulls. I don't know what they call them. I'm not going to remember that one. But anyways, I saw some, some girl elks, which obviously I didn't shoot, but I was just hiking around the mountains of Idaho for like 
long for like five days in a row up and down mountains and to be honest it didn't feel great on my quad i could tell like man this still isn't right but the strengthening of just walking up and down those hills like by the end of that week i was golden i was like oh man i would have never thought that would actually like make my quad better but it was the strengthening component of walking up and down hills that really really helped so um after you get through that acute phase, like even if you need to just start with walking to make sure you're not limping, I'd really recommend that. Because the thing is, if you come back and you're limping, you're very, very susceptible to hurt something else. And I did this over and over again towards the tail end of my career. Just came back too early, was limping through stuff, and then I'd always get an injury on the opposing side. So tear my right quad and I'd tear my left quad and then I'd get a stress reaction on the right side of my sacrum and it was just like this ridiculous string because I wasn't running normally so really really important you get video of yourself as you're getting back into running make sure you're running properly if you have a coach send that video uh, to your coach so they can get an eye on your running as well all right, so now let's just get a little bit. We're, we're this, this podcast is running a little bit long, but I hope this is helpful for you guys because injuries are, you know, they're they're a tough thing to navigate for sure, and a big part of, um, you know, being have having longevity in our sport is learning to navigate injuries well. So let's just end here with a. Just the mental component that can come with getting hurt and how to get through that. And I had one listener ask about how do you uh, let go of the fear of getting hurt. And so I spent some time thinking about that because that certainly resonated with me where um, I'd get hurt and I'm coming back. And then you're just like afraid to train hard, right? You're like, you're really gun shy. You're like, I'm just really afraid I'm going to get hurt if I try and run this this long run that I have scheduled or the speed workout that I've scheduled really easy to all of a sudden fear and fear of getting hurt can become a really big issue that you have to confront as you're getting back into training. So I think for me, it's helpful to, in a, to get through this fear by knowing that I've understood what my body was signaling. I've understood the root cause of my injury and I've done something about it. I've addressed it. So I figured it out. It's like a puzzle that I'm trying to put together. So my quad got torn. Why did it get torn? What's going on either with my stride or with uh, tightnesses that I might have or with uh, strengthening components, structural imbalances that I have going on? Why am I hurt? And then once you figured out why I'm hurt and then you've addressed it, all of a sudden that fear dissipates. Cause you're like, okay, like I know why I got hurt and I'm doing something about the problem of why I got hurt. And so I'm not, ex- I, I'm not expecting to get hurt anymore. Like I've, I've figured this thing out and now I can move forward confidently. Whereas if you had a pain, you just rested it, you waited for it to get better and then you just resume training and you never got to the root cause behind it, then of course, like you have a healthy fear. You should be afraid of getting hurt again because you're probably pretty liable to have the same problem again if you didn't get to the root issue behind it. So for me, that's the number one thing in letting go of the fear of getting hurt again in the future is knowing that you know that you know that you know 
you figured out what caused the injury and you did something about it and then you're also continuing to do something about it so it's not just like okay i have a weak hamstring and that caused my quad to get torn and i did a bazillion hamstring curls when i was hurt now my hamstring is good and strong and now i don't need to do anything about it for the next 10 years like that is again asking for another injury like when something pops up like that it's signaling my hamstrings are weak why are my hamstrings weak do they have a tendency to get weak and is this something that i need to ongoingly preventatively strengthen and so that's why like we ask our athletes when they're coming in what injuries have you had in the past so that we can prescribe lifts that are going to keep them from having those injuries in the future so i think a big part of it is just knowing that you've solved the issue and then you're continuing to stay on top of that issue is really going to help you sleep well at night knowing that hey like this injury is behind me now um, I think another thing that's helpful is just realizing that, hey, my body is dynamic. It's always changing. It's always adapting to new stimulus. And so just because, you know, maybe I always get hurt when I go more than 40 miles a week, that doesn't mean that's how it's always going to be, right? Like if you can build your body, your machine to be stronger through lifting, through plyos, through proper nutrition, proper sleep, and all these things. If you can build your system to be stronger, then why can't it potentially handle more mileage, um, more volume than you've ever had before? So just realizing that, hey, just because I got hurt before, my body is always adapting, it's always changing, and uh, it can adapt and change in a positive way to allow me to do more than I've ever done before. And then lastly, I think, you know, injuries, or just a part of the journey and just realizing that, hey, like, it's okay if I get hurt. I think eliminating the fear of getting hurt, a lot of it is just being willing to accept the worst case scenario. And oftentimes the worst case scenario is you get hurt, you miss your big goal race. Of course, it's heartbreaking. Of course, it's hard. But can you live to fight another battle another day? Can you keep moving forward even if you get hurt? And so knowing that, hey, I'm okay with the worst case scenario that just frees you up to be like, like I hope this doesn't happen, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna walk around. I'm not gonna go train expecting the worst thing to happen. Like I'm gonna expect the best, but I know that I can handle the worst. And when you're in that situation internally, it just puts you in a really sweet spot to train. And then, uh, kind of closing thought on this this episode, guys, is also too there is. In injuries, there's not only opportunity to learn what is going on in your system that's off that you need to fix, that you need to address, but there's also tremendous opportunity to actually build fitness. And so I'm talking about cross training. And uh, man, my views on cross training have shifted so much um, from my high school, college days when I saw that as like it was just a way to try to hang on by a thread to a little bit of fitness, right? And it seemed kind of like a lost cause. It's like, man, I'm getting really bad shape. I just got hurt. And whether I cross train or not, I'm getting bad shape. If I cross train, I'll get in like a little bit less bad shape, but I'm still gonna be in bad shape, you know? But uh, actually Sarah has totally shifted my perspective on this to see actually cross train, you can build yourself into an aerobic beast. Will it take time to transition from cross training fit to run fit? Of course, like you're not gonna come out of the gates popping big workouts but you can keep yourself you can like i said even build yourself into better shape through cross training so 
I'm going to do an episode, it might be a couple episodes down the line, with my little brother Chad. I'm going to bring him back on here. He's kind of the king of uh, cycling, and he just has a huge, huge aerobic base that he's built via cycling. He has a huge running background as well. He's actually uh, just verbally committed. I don't know if I should be sharing this, but he's, uh, he's planning on pacing um, Mo, one of my athletes, who was running the marathon project, and he, uh, man, he had a rough, just some really bad luck, came down with COVID, a couple, it was like a, the night before the race, couldn't sleep at all, he didn't know he had COVID, he thought he had, uh, had it. he went and saw a doctor and had urinary tract infections, what they told him, but anyways, long story short, didn't sleep at all, had severe back problems, all these issues, and uh, ended up dropping out of the marathon project partway through that race, understandably. And so, he's, anyways, he's doubling back because he's trying to make the Olympic team for Jordan. And uh, he's doubling back and run the Atlanta marathon. My little brother Chad's going to pace him. And uh, he's like just – my little brother Chad is just getting into running. But he, like I said, has a huge aerobic engine. So I'm going to spend a whole episode talking to him about how to cross-train effectively – how to structure your workouts and uh, how to how that translate into the running space. So, really looking forward to that episode that'll be coming at you guys here um, sometime in January, maybe towards the end of January. So keep an eye out on that. But just know this: just because you're hurt, there's something to be gained. You can build a ton of fitness while you're hurt and uh, and come out an even better athlete for it. So I hope that's been helpful for you guys. Again, not the most sunshiny episode I've ever recorded, but I think could be one of the more useful episodes. Um, It's going to help you navigate some very, very tricky waters on the injury front. All right, guys, but hopefully none of those are coming your way. You're going to do your preventative stuff that I talked about and uh, have a nice injury-free remainder of your career. All right, guys, until next time, happy training.